0: Well good morning. How's everybody doing? Everyone well? Love that picture up there through the video of how the body of Christ serves together. Love those images of And so we are in a series based on one of our seven values called Everybody Serves. So this is week two. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to be reading several scriptures this morning. We're going to help you, and it's going to be on the screen. But you might want it right in front of you there. So if you need a copy of the Word of God, there's one in the pew rack right in front of you. Uh, Go ahead, turn on your digital device. Whatever you want to use to follow along this morning. This is a great, great Uh, text, these two passages, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, two great passages which lead us into how the body is to serve. And before we do that, just watching you you give this morning, let me say this, thank you for giving. Um, We don't say that enough. We really, really don't. And last week, I I issued a challenge to our entire body to give. And I, I just, for those of you who weren't here, um, I wanna make sure that you, you hear me because you're gonna be receiving some communication in the mail. You're gonna be receiving some information about what you have given uh, this year so far uh, through three quarters of the year if you've given to Taylors here. And so uh, just a, a reminder, we do that every year. But uh, the communication will, will go along these lines. We are um, looking ahead and based on what we have received so far on average throughout the first nine months of the year, And what we're projected to spend through the end of the year, uh, we're seeing a large gap that's ahead of us if we keep on this pace. So we try to reduce the spending. We try and bring that down. And now we're coming to you and and asking you to help us with the giving piece so that we can close that gap so we don't have to do something which is very uh, uncomfortable, which is to draw down on the reserves that are there to make even deeper cuts to the cuts we've already made. And so um, we're coming to you and asking for your help. And for those who have been faithful in giving, I, I know that um, some of you, you, you just give so um, sacrificially, and every time there's an opportunity to give, you do that, and you got to be thinking to yourself, um, you know, wow, how, how, how much more can I, can I give? And I get that. I, I know where you are, and this is why, this isn't easy for me up here. I, I don't like doing this, right? Right. Um, But we do it because we see the need and we do it because we want to continue to minister effectively. And and so for those of you who are faithful, if you can give just a little bit more every single week, our challenge is this, 12 for 12, $12 for the remaining 12 weeks of the year. This year is week one. So you have an opportunity to begin even this week to give just a little bit extra. So that's roughly $150 to the end of the year for every single member, every single member. For those of you who don't give um regularly you give kind of when you can or you give when um you know maybe certain seasons maybe depending upon what happens at work or this is an opportunity for you to be a part of this and to give regularly and faithfully and watch what god does in your life watch what god does when you step out in faith and you begin to say you know what uh as an act of sacrifice and giving being a part of the body we want to give and for those that don't give at all um this is an opportunity for you to play a part as well. What, what, wherever you are, you, you give faithfully, you give irregularly, you give some time, or, or you don't give anything at all. Listen, listen, here's an opportunity for all of us to join together and to be a part of something that is bigger than just a few individuals trying to do this. And so I, I would just ask you um, to pray. Pray. I would ask you to sacrifice. I would ask you, you to give and, and for you to come to this as Christ has come to us in his gospel and how he has, with great generosity and great sacrifice, given to us. And the Father has opened up uh, his blessings upon us so that we can return it as an act of worship to him. And so, thank you, thank you for listening. I, I just wanted to make sure we hit this as we as we head into week one here, so that you fully understand my heart. Hey, if you have any questions, please come see me afterwards or call me here at the office this week, and I'll be glad to try and answer any questions that I can. I want to make myself available to you. And, and when we talk about serving, when we talk about giving, uh, we see this in Christ. And, and last week in week one, as we come to the Lord's table, we saw the heart of the gospel in serving. And when we talk about every single member of the body of Christ serving, we know there's a heart. Heart issue that has to take place. There's a mindset in us that has to take place for us to, to really serve as Jesus has served us. Because we cannot be like Jesus if we don't serve like Jesus. There's no way we can mature and grow in Christ and be like him if we don't serve as he did. And so we saw last week in his cross and in his death, we saw him serving when it wasn't convenient. We saw him serving as he he just released control to the Father. He took his hands off the steering wheel and says, okay, Father, this is what you want me to do. I'll serve in this way. And we saw him when he served not according to the expectations that the that, that culture or his disciples put on him. Because the Son of Man, it says, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So here's the question. How do we take that heart of serving in the one that we want to become like and apply it to the body of Christ? Because our mission here is to make disciples, make Jesus followers who make Jesus followers, who make disciples as we encounter God in worship, as we equip believers in groups and in your, in your Bible studies, and as we engage the world. That's our mission statement. So how, do, how does this value of everybody serving, when I say everybody, it's just not a throwaway line, that is everybody serving the body of Christ in order for us to fulfill our mission, which is to make disciples who make disciples. How do we do that? So we're going to come to a couple of passages in just a second here where, where Paul comes to two churches, one in Rome, which is the center of the of the empire, the center of the world at that time in the first century, and one in Corinth, And before he gets into the, here's the gifts that you're given and here's how you serve in this way, he wants to come to the heart and the mind of of serving once again. He wants to lay out, okay, here's the mindset and the heart set that you need to have to break down the walls that might prevent you from serving. And as I think about the body of Christ serving, and I think, think about the gifts and the passions and the opportunities that are available, you do it so well. And we've seen it. We highlighted it a couple of weeks ago with Life Transformation Sunday. We said, wow, look at this picture of how the body of Christ serves. I saw it a few years ago when um, Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast. You remember that? We see Hurricane Matthew come up f- by Florida and, and Georgia and South Carolina and on into North Carolina and As uh, we were watching the news last night, we're seeing whatever photos were available, and you wake up this morning, you see the damage that's done. It reminds me of when I was working in Atlanta at a church, and Hurricane Katrina hit Gulfport, Mississippi, and there was a couple in our church. They were from Gulfport, and we get this call in the office because everyone is is starting to to say, "What do we do? Where where do we go? What can we give to help with the with the hurricane?" Kind of like we're we're seeing now uh, with Hurricane Matthew. And so this one guy calls the office and he says, "Hey, listen, my dad." Um, is contracted by the city of Gulfport when it comes to water and sewage. And um, there's no way for anybody to get down there unless you're a FEMA official or FEMA lets you in and you're a contractor and a worker. He said, why don't you go with me? And and let's just go down and assess it. We can come back to the church and tell them this is what we need. I said, I'm in. Let's go. So we go down to Gulfport, Mississippi, and I'll never forget it. It, it was just like you see in the news today. There's just flooding and there's just standing water everywhere. But what was so eerie about it was how quiet the city was because people had evacuated. And there's no electricity. And so you're driving down these streets and there's just restaurants and, and, and everything is just dark. And and I'll never forget, we, we get down to um, the coastline and we, and we see how it, it the damage that was done to these beautiful homes and to churches, and to businesses, and we, we start to move back from the coast a little bit, and we're driving really slowly because you can't, uh, you know, drive too fast with the conditions, and you've got these government officials, FEMA officials kind of blocking all these roads, and power lines are down, and I looked down this one neighborhood just a few blocks from, from uh, the coastline, and it was just this picture of complete and utter devastation. It was almost as if someone had taken, uh, someone had taken the trees and the power lines and the telephone poles and the roofs of those houses and had just compressed them all down, almost on eye level. And it was just this sea of of green limbs and trees. And it was just this, this unbelievably beautiful neighborhood that had been turned into this urban jungle. And I thought to myself, this is completely overwhelming. How in the world are, are, are we going to be able to help this neighborhood, let alone the city of Gulfport, let alone the entire coastline of the Gulf? So when we got home that uh, later on, there was a couple of guys that began to, to call. A- and I'm going to tell you who they are. I'm going to tell you their names because they're regular people whom God had gifted with great skills of leadership and great gills of ability to do certain things and great passions. And here's the combination. God had gifted them, and they had a passion to meet the needs of other people, and they had been given the opportunity to do that. Guys like Tom Derriso. Tom flew in the military, and he was a, he was a pilot for Delta. And he called up and he said, hey, hey, I, I want to help you lead. I want to I use what God has given me to, and, and the passions God has given me to help rescue people, and, and, and how can I help? And then there was Jim Grayson. Jim Grayson sold insurance, but he loved to work with his hands. And so Jim and Tom were friends, and they said, hey, together we can help lead an effort down there. And joining them was Fred Blackman. Fred Fred was in pharmaceuticals, and i never forget, Fred would just travel up and down the highways, and Fred was a great guy, but these men, to this day, serve in areas like disaster relief, because they had these gifts, and they saw this incredible need, and they had passions, and those opportunities to serve and to rescue people, and so when we took a team down, they, they would go down several times, and I went down with them, and the one time we went down with them, I'll never forget, we drive into Gulfport, and there's this huge armory, and this armory was set up by these disaster relief officials and, and it was amazing at how well organized this was and when I walked into that armory I said whoa, whoa this is different this is not what I expected I mean this thing was organized you, you had a counter uh, where you had all of the tools that were over there and, and I said to myself that Home Depot has nothing on these people I mean they had it organized they had it tagged you could take it in you could take it out I mean they, they knew everything and over in the kitchen over in the kitchen. They didn't miss a beat. I mean, you had people cooking, you had people cleaning, three meals a day all day. I mean, this thing was wired. And what you saw was this incredible body of people who were gifted. They were different. There were different generations, there were different skill sets, there were different understandings of uh, uh, of missions, but they came together for this one mission and that is people need to be rescued, people need to be relieved, their homes need, to, need recovery, and they said to themselves, we will band together, we will give individually and sacrifice individually so that this greater mission is accomplished. And, and we'll do whatever it takes as long as our gifts and our passions are matched with an opportunity to do this. It was amazing. And this is what the body of Christ is called to do with its mission. Every single member called by God, gifted by the Holy Spirit, to do what? To set aside themselves and to band together for the purposes of building up the body of Christ so it fulfills its mission to engage the world. This is why God has placed you in this body. I mean, look at all these faces that I'm looking at right now. The incredible potential in this room. And some of you are already giving. Here, here, here's the thing. Here, here's what makes this message challenging. Some of you are, are just pouring yourself out. You're just giving all that you can give. Can't give any more. I, I know that. But some of you um, are, are struggling in the area of serving because you might think, you know what, I'm not mature enough. I'm not, just, I'm not spiritually there yet. Or some of you might say, you know what, I don't have the time, I don't have the bandwidth to contribute any more than I, than I have right now. Some of you are saying, you know what, I don't have much to offer you know, some of you are saying, I'm brand new to Taylor's. I, I I need to wait a little bit. Some of you are really, really comfortable where you are, but God might be saying, you know what? There's an open door. There's a, there's a new opportunity ahead of you, and I'm asking you to step into this, this new open door. I mean, we're talking to a whole variety of, of, of opinions and, and gifts and people when it comes to a church. But you know what? Here's what we hear on occasion. One of my staff members said it this week. Uh, she's heard this. Hey, we are um, an awfully big church, so you don't have any needs here at Tethers. And you know what? Um, that is not true at all. <laughs> that's not true. Some of you don't want to serve because you want to get to the restaurant before everybody else. Admit it, right? So, so, That's where some of you are. Whatever it is, listen, I get it. I get it. I understand. Some of you just can't give anymore. Some of you never do. it. But listen, listen. Here's a principle in the Scriptures is that the body of Christ, God has put it together. If you're a member here, God has put you in this body to serve the body and to build it up so that it can engage the world. And every person has something to contribute let's look at it Romans chapter 12 this morning and I want to set this up with two verses Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 and and then and then make some comments run into 3 and 4 and and away we go all right got your place there Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God Which is your spiritual worship. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what is perfect. So let me set up why did Paul say these two verses and where are we going with them? All right, Romans chapter 1 through 11. Paul has just given the church at Rome this incredible story of the gospel. Beginning in Romans chapter 1, he says, look, the gospel is given because men are sinners. And the wrath of God is going to be poured out not only on Rome, the people of Rome, but on the whole world because of their sin. And Romans 3 tells us that every single person has fallen short of God's glory, of God's mark. There is no one, there is no one who does what God wants them to do all of the time they fall short. And because of that, there's a penalty. There's this, there's this penalty against sin and it's called death, not only physical death, but spiritual death in a place called hell separated from God forever. And so Paul reminds us, here is the weight of our sin and here is where we are condemned, but God in his mercy, Romans chapter 5, commends his love towards all people and has given his son Jesus to bear the wrath of God upon him so that when we turn and believe, we can have this gift called eternal life, Romans chapter 6. This gift of freedom from our sin, of guilt. We can know God, and so he spends part of of chapter 6 through 11 talking about what does it mean to be alive in Christ? What does it mean to have this gift of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for Jews and Gentiles to have this gift? And he comes through this whole passage and says, this gospel story is an amazing story. Story And it is what God has done for you through Christ. This, this incredible sacrifice, this incredible act of love, this incredible act of mercy, of pouring himself out and his son for your salvation. Amazing. Is that your story? It, it, can, can you say, that's, can you in your heart want to cheer and say, yes, that's it? Can you you do that? So he comes to Romans chapter 12 and says, because of all of that, and that's good news, therefore, here's your response to God. And you come to him, and you're a living sacrifice. That's a strange term, isn't it? (laughs) A willful, voluntary surrender of who you are, because that's what Jesus has done for you. So, so our response to this great love is to give ourselves to him. And, and then he says, you, you can't get there unless your mind, the, transform, the transforming of your mind is where we get that word transformation is, is where we, in the Greek, it's, it's um, metamorphosis where, you know, a, a, a little caterpillar over time will turn into a butterfly. And so Paul says there's a transformation that takes place as you willingly surrender and you give yourself to Christ Here's the heart of everybody serving, is the gospel. The gospel for you and the gospel as a model for you to follow. So Paul says, I want you to serve and give yourself. All right, Paul, how do we do that then? All right, verses 3 and 4, here's what he says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So, he says, "Okay, you you, you want to use um, you want to use your life. You want to give your life to God. Okay, God has helped you. He's given you a measure of faith. Don't think of yourself too highly." Verse four: For as in one body, okay, now we're coming to the local church. We have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another so here is an act of worshiping god here's an act of giving our lives is to come into the body and to think differently about the body And then to participate in the life of the body. So here's thought number one this morning as we talk about everybody serving. And it is this. Everybody serves to make the body complete and healthy. All right. For the body of Christ here at Taylor's to be complete and for it to be healthy, everybody, every single face I see has a part to play, has something to give. Something to give to, to, this, to this family of faith. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and here's what we battle. All right, turn, it's the next book over, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read verses 14 through 20. Here's what we battle when it comes to everybody serving. And here is the, the notion that either that person is better than me because they serve in a certain way or they have a certain gift or a certain ability, and, and, and I'm, I'm not like them. Or, or the flip side is to say, is to be a little bit arrogant. Well, well I'm better than them because I, I give and because I serve and because I, I do these certain things. And I'm, I seem to be the only one holding the fort down here, right? And, and the danger is to see us not as collectively made up of individual people contributing to the body, but to think of ourselves differently than what the gospel thinks of us. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verses 14 through 20. Here's a great illustration of what it means for everybody ser- to serve to make the body complete. Read it with me. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong in the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, yet there is one body. So here's the point. Every individual matters to the completion and the health of the body you matter we need you I hope you didn't wake up this morning I don't think anyone woke up this morning and said today I'm going to get to choose right hand do I need you today or do I need my right foot today which one I don't think anyone woke up this morning and said you know what let's choose today let's set the se- let's change the settings do I want to hear today or do I want to smell today Which one? You don't do that. You get up in the morning, and hopefully everything's up and running, and you say, praise God, complete and whole, most of us. And so it is with the body of Christ. If individuals say, you know what, I I, I just can't be a part. I, I just don't have what it takes. or I'm just not spiritually mature. I did that a long time ago. I'm not doing that again. (laughs) If God has placed you in this body, here's an expectation that every single one of you has a role to play, and we need you. We need our ears. We need our hands. We need our feet. We can't operate completely without them. All right, here's the second principle that Paul wants to move into in, in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, all right? Major, major principle. Every individual matters to the completion and to the wellness of the body. Here's the second thing this morning. Our diversity strengthens our unity. Our our diversity strengthens our unity. All right, flip back. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. All right, hold your place in 1 Corinthians. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Listen to what he says. Before he launches into the gifts, here's what he says. For as in one body we have many members... But the members do not all have the same, what? They don't have the same function. They don't all do the same things. All right? So they have, they have different roles and functions. All right, First Corinthians chapter 12. Go over to verses 4 through 7. I want you to see some more differences. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. All right, so in Romans chapter 12, Paul says you have different functions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this. You have different gifts. That's what the Spirit gives. We'll talk about that next week. You have different ministries. That's where we get our word for deacon, that that word ministry there. Some of you are involved in ministries where, where you're just serving and, and pouring your, your life out. And, and so, hey, here's this ministry, and it's different that, than some over. Over here. You know, as we, as we talk about, about giving, there are so many wonderful things that God has done over the course of the last few weeks here. And, and it represents the different activities and ministries and, and service that goes on here at Taylor's. For instance, two weeks ago, we had 30 people baptized right here and right there in two spots. At the same time, incredible act of seeing life transformation in, the, in people. That evening, 80, 80 people came and said, we want to hear more about leading groups of men and groups of women in January of 2017. Not all will do it. The majority of people probably won't do it. I don't know. But people are saying, you know what? We, we might feel our act of service this year is to engage and shepherd people, but that, not, that might not be for you. On Wednesday evening, that Wednesday evening, in the Rex center, 380 kids throwing around a bunch of dodgeballs about to kill each other. You might say, that's not for me either, (laughs) right? 180 first-time students there who heard the gospel. Amazing. This morning, you saw these families. You saw their homes. Someone needs to love those little kids with the love of Jesus as they deposit the love of a dirty diaper into their hands in return, right? Now look, hey, hey, there's any number of ways that you can serve here at Taylor's. This is what he's saying, 1 Corinthians. Hey, there's different functions. There's different activities. There's different ministries. But there's one God whose heart binds it all together towards his heart, and that is the mission of the church. But there's more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verses 12 through 13. It gets even better. He said, Paul says this, church, for just as the body is one, And has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So here is this church, and Paul is saying, look, you have different roles and activities and functions. Now you're different people. Some of you are Jews, and some of you are Greeks some of you are slaves and some of you are free you come from different cultures you come from different backgrounds you come from different mindsets and art sets of what the church should be some of you don't even know what the church what the church is you're all different but This is the strength of the body as he binds us all together in our diversity, as he binds us together with different mindsets and heartsets of what we should be doing, he points us to the heart of God to engage the world and to build up the body of Christ. And he says, hey, you're different That's okay. Bind together. Celebrate the mission. Move towards the mission together. Don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think that that you're a worm and you can't do anything, but come together, church, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the mission. And your diversity is your strength as you unify together. We see it all throughout the New Testament. You see it in these churches. But here's the issue, all right, Our diversity, when it comes to our thinking, can, can isolate us and can can segment us, right? J- just come into a Taylor's tailor's or a church like ours and, and say, how, how should you worship? <laughs> you'll get some differences. Say the word missions. Say the word missions, and you'll get some differences of opinion about how, how you do it. Hey, money. <laughs> how you should use your money, whether you should have debt, whether you shouldn't have debt, whether, whether you should spend on, on facilities here, or spend it over there, or give it to the ends of the earth. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. We need to, we need to spend it on the community here. Okay, it's okay. It's okay to have these differences because it can make us stronger if we channel all of that towards the mission and we do what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, to change our thinking and submit and yield for the common good. And the danger is we can can become isolated, segmented. And um, this was illustrated to me um, a couple of weeks ago. My son and I went to um, Clemson for college game day. Do you all know what game day is? Do I have to explain game day to a crowd like this? I don't think so. Game day is this great show, 9 to 12 on Saturday morning. Love it. Tape it. DVR it every single week. And it's all—it's a celebration of college football. And they were coming to Clemson uh, last week for the Clemson-Louisville game. And uh, so they—they they set up stage, there and I said, "Harrison, let, let's let's go. We're only gonna get a couple of shots at this, right? Um, so let's go and let's make a sign, right? Let's make a sign and try and get on TV. And we did make it on TV. I've got the tape to prove it. I, our sign made it on TV. All right." Let's make a sign and let's, let's go out there and um, we're going to wear our Michigan gear because I, I grew up in Michigan. I love the University of Michigan football and, and we're doing great this year. It hasn't been good recently, but we're doing great this year. And so I had my full gear. In fact, I got a picture. I want to show you this picture. There's me in here. I, I'm showing you who I'm voting for for president too, by the way. That's the coach of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. I'm done with the presidential stuff. I'm voting for him. And so that's our sign. We got down there early, and um, it, it was an incredible, beautiful day. We're hanging out there, and here's the deal. It was a celebration of college football. It was awesome. And, and I even had, you, you, you people won't believe this, but I even had some people say, hey, hey, we like Michigan too, but we're just wearing this orange stuff for my child, for my son or daughter, Right. And I was amazed. It was just incredible camaraderie because we were celebrating college football, right? A lot of orange there, but you had flags from different states there. And it was cool. It was a lot of fun. We're having fun. And we started, uh, you know, three hours. It gets a little bit long, so had to go to the restroom. And so we begin to wander away. Well, then, next picture, we find this crew right here, all right? And and those are some great tailors. Tim and Allison Roller, Beverly Johnson, and Julie Caldwell, and Sydney and and Caroline Roller. These are great folks here. And they find us there, and they bring us to their tailgate. Praise God, food, because I didn't bring anything. I'm not thinking ahead. We're starving, you know, Harrison's just like dragging back there. I was like, "Oh, food, yeah, by the way. So we, we Tim and Tim and Allison come and they, we go to their tailgate, and we're hanging out, and there's, hey, there's just differences, right? I mean, that blue M and that hat, that's different right, and amongst all that orange, but everybody was okay because why? Well, first of all, we were celebrating college football. Second of all, we had people who said, you know what, even though you're different than we are, come on in and just come hang out with us. It's okay. It's going to be fun. So we had a blast, right? But then it turned sour, okay? Here's what happened. As the day went along and as, I, as we left Tim and Allison, we left Julie, we left that group and we began to walk away something happened. No one wanted to celebrate college football anymore. No one wanted to invite us to their tailgate anymore. (laughs) They just saw a guy in a blue M- t-shirt and a hat and his son and his son carrying around a sign like we were a bunch of vagabonds homeless people walking around with this sign harbaugh for president who are these people and maybe it was the adult beverages that helped a little bit i don't know i don't know but we started getting some weird looks as we're walking walking and people are kind of looking at us and they're like what are you doing here right I'm not saying clemson people are me i'm just saying there were a couple of people that were kind of looking at us differently and they started to speak up and some of them were like this hey you're a long way from home aren't you hey, hey, you you should have taken a left turn on the way to Ann Arbor, but you took a right turn over here. What are you doing here? And I'm getting upset a little bit. I'm like, hang on a second. What happened to the joy and the celebration and the food and the tailgate over here? Finally, one guy, we were almost there. It is a long way back, holy cow. And we're just walking. We're just dragging all the way back. And and finally, this one guy um, just stands out in the middle of the road, and he goes, you guys are lost, And finally, I had had enough. And I just said, you know what? It's a free country. I can wear anything I want to wear, Jack. He's like, sure is. I'm glad it's a free country. And Harrison's like, oh, my goodness, what is happening here? Right? What are we doing? You know, he's just carrying his son. Here we go, Dad, you know. And um, here's the point, though. Diversity, and if you're different, if you don't celebrate the mission, And you don't have the spirit to yield. It creates isolation and groups and me against you. And you don't belong here, right? And Paul tells the body no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You're different. You don't get any more different than Jews and Greeks, you don't get any different than slave and free you bind together and God has given you incredible gifts and passions and opportunities and you come and you celebrate that diversity but you, you rally around the mission you rally to people third point and we're done I won't spend much time on this at all focus, don't lose your focus focus on the mission and all of this activity I, I love that phrase don't lose sight of the forest for the trees you ever hear that here's what happens we get all worked up in our, in our church or in our serving area. Or we all get wrapped up in our home, and, and our life kind of goes by, and, and, and we don't we, we see a bunch of trees, but we don't see the forest. We don't see the mission. We don't real, recognize that God has given us opportunities to love people and to see lives change. I mean, you saw them here. We're trying to show them to you. We're baptizing them. We're showing these families and these dear, sweet, sweet children, those moms and and dads. I prayed with them in the orange room, which is our worship room for preschool. I prayed with them and I said, Lord, this is hard. But you've given the people of God and you've given the word of God and you've given the spirit of God. These moms and dads can do it. We have students that need to be inspired by the gospel, and they need to be inspired by people who, who the gospel is ringing in them, and the only way that they can see it is if you pour into them. We have, we have families that need shepherding. We have families that need equipping. We have, we, we have needs to, to usher and to welcome people in. I love the lady that came to me, and she's, she said, hey, I've got a smiling face, and I love greeting people out there. I gave her a hug and said, that's it. There's so much that you can give, but there's so much to do. But keep your focus, not on a slot, not on your gift. That's important. Keep your focus on people and seeing people changed, and the gospel moving into this place like never before. And so that is why I would just challenge you as we close. The spiritual gift survey that's out there, they're right out here to my right. Letter A, 100, number three. How, how do we keep the mission focused? Hey, change your thinking. I, I think I've given you enough illustration. How, how do we see ourselves? How do we see other people? Do I see people a, as people to serve and to love and to build up? Do I see myself as kind of above all that? Do I see myself as below all that? Change your thinking. And then secondly, find a way to commit. And we're, we're trying to help you with this. This is a spiritual gift survey. It was in the bulletin last week. There's some going to be available right over here. Uh, as you walk out in the Welcome Center, as you guys leave, grab one. Take it home next week as we talk about spiritual gifts. You'll be ahead of the game as you fill out this survey. And, and, and then just leave us this last page. Bring it back with you next week. Or you can go online. Find it online, and you can leave that. The beauty of this is you begin to discern and discover, how has God made me? How am I wired? And then we'll talk about what that looks like of bringing it to the body. Don't miss the survey. Don't miss Wednesday nights. Jerry Long, I saw Jerry Long up here singing. Jerry Long did a phenomenal job of diving down deeper where we are when it comes to gifts. You come Wednesday night and hear more place class for a few of you who just say, you know what, in an intimate environment, I want to hear more. I want to meet some people as we discover our place. You come on Wednesday night. Ministry fair in two weeks. This place, this hallway will be filled with opportunities for you just to walk by and to see and to say, where has God placed me? So get ready. Get ready. Because every individual matters. And our diversity is our strength. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray now as we close our time that you would, by your grace and mercy, grant to your people what they need. Grant what they need. And help us, Father, to turn those needs into opportunities, Lord, for worship and service. And may every person leave here encouraged by the word of God and the spirit of God and the mission. And Lord, help us to play our part. And Lord, for those that don't know Jesus, Lord, here here in Romans, the gospel story, that's not their story. Lord, would you spark in them a desire to know more? Maybe they'll step forward. Maybe this is a process that that your Holy Spirit is working in them. Lord, open hearts this morning. We thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in me. Ask this and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.